minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. Oh yeah, you get the horn show. Tad and Jeff here. Welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome. However you found us, wherever you are, whatever you're up to, thank you for joining us. Very excited. Uh, so first of all, congratulations to you there, bro. You got a new studio you're shooting from here tonight. People will notice yes, the new sir. background. Mm-hmm. Clearly you mm-hmm. couldn't find anyone to take that Steelers helmet at the yard sale. So you decided to keep it. I tried. I tried. It just... <laughs> Well, you can't ask for four hundred dollars for it. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's semi-authentic, so you know. <laughs> it could be worn by a six-year-old. I think. Would have been, and I think it was at one point. <laughs> but no, no new studio there. Uh, good setup. Obviously, it will continue to evolve, but uh, you know, certainly looks good already. So. Uh, We'll see like how uh, how that continues to to change as time goes on, but yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. A lot of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. That's it. And that's what it takes to get anything done. Yeah. And we are going to probably have all three of those tonight: blood, sweat, and tears, as we talk about uh, some sports, NFL, Week Nine reaction. But is it Week Nine? Gosh, time. Yeah. Time flies. Week. Yes, week nine reaction, week 10 predictions. I'm not even going to spend a whole lot of time on reactions because the reality is it's happened. Let's just look ahead and, you know, and, and, and what yeah. we've maybe learned from it. Um, got a couple other interesting stories here that I thought, you know, were worth talking about. I'll, I'll throw one out really quickly up front before we even jump into to all the NFL stuff, just because I saw this and I thought it was pretty crazy. 49ers defensive lineman Eric Armstead shared a photo of his NFL game check. And this dude loses 49.3% of his pay in taxes. Now, I understand, and I, in fact, I have got a screenshot here I will show you. This is his actual paycheck. So if people want to know what an NFL pay stub looks like, if you're not watching us on YouTube, you can, uh, you can go on there and see it. This is an NFL pay stub. And you can see here, okay, $393,000. Not a bad game check. That's one game. But look at the amount coming out. Federal taxes alone is about $145,000, another $41,000 in state taxes. This is from one game check, one game check, $41,000 in state taxes in California. That's insane. Do you see that though? Like he got money taken out because he played in Denver and he played in, I guess, what was that? Chicago? Like, I'm trying, yeah, Illinois. So you see yeah. money taken out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah California, yeah, Colorado, Denver, and Illinois. I mean, and look at that. Look at the difference. <laughs> Year to date, this dude has already paid half a million dollars almost in California state tax. That is insane. I mean, no one's obviously <laughs> crying. And I, I, I saw this um, not too long ago on uh, he. It, it, it was on TikTok. I, I have no idea. He probably posted it on YouTube, but it was um, you know him just kind of breaking it down. And of course, you know he wasn't doing it to be like, "Woe is me!" Just like, sure, hey, look at this and see yeah. this. I mean, 
you know, we often talk about this too, like how much thought process goes into someone playing in like a tax-free state. Like if you've got an option yes. of playing in Texas or you have an option of play, paying in, uh, playing in California. Now for him, obviously a game check spending 50, whatever it was, $41,000 in uh, taxes, you know, making what he makes probably isn't that big of a deal. But you got to think for someone that's kind of a, you know, middling, you know, uh, NFL player, that's got to play some factor into it. I would think anyways, too. You know, well, think about like this, Florida. 41, well, $41,000 per check times 17 games is about <laughs> $700,000. That's state yeah. tax alone. So when you look at that, that's state tax. Then you look at the federal, and this dude is paying out nearly 50% of his game check is going to taxes in total. Again, not just state, but total between federal and state, half yeah. of his money. Now then <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give you the money to your agent as well. And whatever your other managers and different things and publicists, if you have them and you know, all of those types of things for your bigger name players. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, you hear some of these deals and these big contracts, but it's like, man, depending on where you play, you could take 50% right off the top and then st whittle it down from there. So it, you can, do need to can you pull his, be conscious. Can you pull that back up? Sure. I just want to see something right quick. Yeah. Let me. All right. Should be up right now. Okay. Yeah. So that is an actual pay stub. Yes. Which is hilarious because <laughs> the NFL, as much money as they make, this is their time. They literally give these guys actual pay stubs. Yes. Like, I haven't gotten a pay stub in, I, I don't know, 15 years. Yeah. I literally <laughs> like, think they have guys like hand out envelopes with the game checks. That's what it looks like. That looks like it yeah. would have come in an envelope. That yeah. is so funny. Yeah. And I'm sure it's all still direct deposited, but still, like, you right. get an actual pay stub, not like, hey, pull <laughs> it up online if you want it. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Crazy. How crazy man. is that, man? That is nuts. I mean, yeah. that those guys, this is, yeah, yeah. NFL, I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, the government really wants these guys to get these huge paychecks because uh, oh, it's more in taxes they can uh, collect, too, so. Well, just imagine, right? I mean, that's what an Eric Armstead makes. Imagine a Nick Bosa. Imagine a Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I want to I mean, see the their amount of money down. that these guys are paying. I mean, Eric Armstead is certainly well paid, but he's mm, not on. Sure. He's not on the other level of, of right. what some of these guys are making. I mean, yeah, uh, Justin Herbert, right? I mean, we saw we saw on uh, Monday Night Football the Chargers playing, and so you you have Justin Herbert, and you think about him, man, in L.A. Come on, man. And that dude's making a lot of money. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you can only imagine those game checks. He's probably losing a million and a half dollars every game in taxes. <laughs> there should be a pothole yeah. in that city. <laughs> they better not be. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I saw that, thought it was interesting, but uh, don't want to don't want to uh, focus too much on that because I want to look ahead. And so what I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here just a little bit if I could. And I can go first if you need me to, but I'm curious, and we didn't talk about this ahead of time, so I'm hitting you with this right off the right off the top. But this popped in my head. What three things, three reaction things, do you have from Week Nine in the NFL? Any like whatever three things particularly jumped out at you? And and again, I can go first because I know I'm surprising you with it. If you need me to go first, I can. Um, no, I got one right off the top of the right off top. So we're okay. Week Nine in the NFL. 
we're almost halfway through. And if the playoffs ended today or if the playoffs started today, all four teams in the AFC North would be in the playoffs. Yeah. What a dogfight this is turning out to be. Yeah. And amazing. Bengals are back on. Joe Burrow is back. Uh, back to that MVP level. Back to that elite level. Now that he can move and can run a little bit. Uh, but no other team is shrinking. Everyone else is, uh, you know, is, is just moving forward. You know, Browns had a pretty easy week um, after the Cardinals trade away. Uh, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> who was a who, hero uh, in Minnesota. Who was a hero in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, that uh, that is crazy to me that all four teams right now would make the playoffs. Now, I'm, yeah. that's going to change. I think this week uh, Browns and Ravens play. Um, so there's going to be a lot of shakeup, of course, but yeah, that's impressive, man. That, that is impressive. And having that extra, that seventh team uh, makes that possible that it is possible that four teams from one division could make, uh, could, could all make the playoffs. So yeah, yeah, I just think that's crazy. So as it stands right now, I think uh, Steelers would be playing the Dolphins. You guys would be playing the Browns, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, and then the Bengals, I think, would be playing, uh, who would the Bengals? Because the Bengals are the seventh seed. So, I guess, oh, no, you guys, Baltimore would be playing mm. um, Cincinnati. we the one, yeah. Yeah, and Jacksonville would be playing Cleveland, and then Pittsburgh and Miami with Kansas City getting the bye. Um, crazy. I, I just think that's, uh, that, that's a testament to how, just how awesome that division is. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that stood out to me. And then I, I, I mean, it can't, I, I don't think it could be understated just how amazing that Josh Dobbs situation was. Uh, I, I mean, this dude went through two touchdowns last week and ran for one with the Cardinals gets traded is not supposed to play in that game. Yeah. Uh, Jaron Hall gets injured pretty quickly and Josh Dobbs comes in and throws two touchdowns and runs for another one. This is his fifth team in, in, in the calendar year. And that's just amazing. I mean, well, did you see him on the sideline, like uh, taking snaps with the offensive line because they didn't know his cadence or his count or anything. So he literally just got there before the game. Yeah. Pretty much. They've never taken a snap. So they're on the sideline. This is during the game. And he's like counting out the snap and having them snap him the ball so that they can get on the same page before they run out in the middle of an NFL game. Yeah. Whatever it was first or second quarter, whatever it was that he yep. took over. And it's like, and then he goes in and is successful. So it's just, it's, yeah. it's amazing with no Justin Jefferson and yeah. you know, uh, Falcons are not uh, Falcons, pretty good defense. Um, they're not like a, a, a slouch team for say, yeah. you know, for certain no. Desmond Ritter gets benched uh, for Taylor Heineke, <laughs> which is uh, kind of a, a big deal. Uh, and then for some reason, Arthur Smith refused to um, use Bijan uh, Robinson, who, you know, they he's refused all year. Yeah. Drafted in the first round made no sense. We talked about it made no sense for them to even draft this guy considering they had the number one rushing offense last year. (laughs) You couldn't get any better. Like like, how better can you get than being one? So just didn't make any sense. And then just not use them. It just, I I don't know if there's more to this than, than we're not seeing. I I don't know. So, yeah. You got a third one? 
Mm, third one. <laughs> Man, I come back to it. Um, people are going to start thinking I'm a closet Ravens fan, but just the <laughs> domination they put on a five and two team, um, the Seahawks. Whew, that was uh, just another one. And again, like Lamar did barely did anything. You get an undrafted, uh, you know, you get an undrafted rookie running back who just takes off. Yeah. It, it's, you know, 138 amazing. yards on nine carries. Yeah. And, and we talk about Kyle Van Noy. How no team after the end of last year ends up with five sacks in the last five games of the year gets put on the Ravens practice squad. He's 32. So it's not like he's completely, you know, I mean, yeah. of course he's, you know, he's not going to be a, you know, an all pro at any point in time for the rest of his career, but comes in in five games. He, he's got five sacks. He's got 20 QB pressures. Just playing out of his mind for that defense that is whew, uh, <laughs> reminiscent of some of the great uh, Ravens defenses um, in the 2000s. Uh, and then the offense kind of finding the rhythm a little bit and, and clicking. So uh, I still worry about the pass game with the Ravens. Um, I, I'm, I don't know that that's uh, – I don't know. That just might be a thing where you're never going to – throw for 350 yards and, and four touchdowns with Lamar Jackson. I like, but I'm not sure you need to at this point. Um, Sleeper for me, um, you know, and again, I picked the Steelers to come out of the North. Going to still stand by that. Um, Steelers (laughs) are 12 and five in their last 17 games, uh, despite being out score or out, out yards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, just about all those games, um, still 12 and five. So I'm still going to pick them, but I, I mean, Ravens have to be a sleeper Super Bowl team. Um, and I, I mean, in my opinion, and, and this is coming from a Steeler fan. So, well, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I, it's, it's interesting because I don't even think that, uh, anyone can say sleeper at this point. You know, I mean, I, I heard earlier today, Colin Cowherd said that for the last month, he's been saying that the Ravens are the best team in football. He has them number one right now. Um, you know, lots of lots, lots of people are saying, and in fact, I saw uh, not only about the Ravens being favorites for Super Bowl, but multiple people, many, many people now saying that Lamar, if, if the season were to end right now, Lamar Jackson would be MVP. Um I don't I know that I agree hurts. with that. Yeah, I mean, I think Jalen out gets him in just about every category. I would still give it to Jalen Hurts at this point, but he's in he's in the MVP discussion. Yeah, I don't think there's any. I, I don't think you'd just you'd have to be ignorant to not have him in that discussion, anyways. Well, it's interesting with Lamar because if you look at the 2019 MVP season for Lamar and this season, they were five and two through seven games. Uh, they had, he was averaging 235 passing yards in 2019. He's 230 yards. Now his rushing yards were higher, 82 versus 52. Um, and he had 14 total touchdowns through this through seven games and 13 through seven games, uh, this season. So, I mean, every statistically, and then he's, he's just, uh, gosh, I want to go back and look. It's something like nine points higher on his completion percentage. Uh, than he was his MVP season. So, I mean, the numbers are there. He's not, he was not going to be one of my big three to discuss, but that's definitely one of one of the ones. But I will tell you another interesting stat. You mentioned the Ravens defense. 
the Ravens have as many sacks at this point in the season as the 2000 Ravens defense had at the same point. Wow. So to be anywhere near that defense is, uh, is, is pretty amazing. And I saw this stat the other day and I really thought like, okay, this is, this is impressive. The Ravens, Baltimore Ravens defense right now is allowing 4.2 yards per play. That's the lowest in the NFL since 2008. And they have 31 sacks leading the NFL. So if you don't, <laughs> if you don't like those stats, like that's just going to be, that's, that puts you in every game, right? I mean, there's yeah, just nothing you 100%. can do. If you can do that, you're going to be in every single game. And then to, to close out with Lamar, his first five seasons, his completion percentage average was 63.7. This season, he's at 70.5. His passing yards per game, his first five seasons were 174.4. This season is 220.9, so 221. His rushing yards per game, first five seasons were 63, and he's 47 and a half. So, um, yeah, I mean, all, all, all around, he's basically running less, being smarter when he does it, uh, throwing at an incredibly high completion percentage, but still averaging over 10 yards per attempt. So, I mean, the, you know, the passing isn't little shovel passes and screen passes and things like that. I mean, they may not be yeah. deep bombs, but they're moving the ball downfield. So, For sure. uh, and at a very, very high efficiency. So, but that was not going to be my three. First one that I'm going to say for my uh, week nine takeaways, I'm not sure the Dolphins are who we thought they were. They have yet to beat a winning team. They have looked really good against really bad teams and they have not done anything against good teams. And look, you can only play who is on your schedule, right? That's the old adage. And it's like, Hey, you know, what, what are you supposed to do? Right. But if we go back and we look at, you know, who the dolphins have, have beaten, I mean, it's really not a very impressive list, you know? I mean, they, 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 they gosh, I'm trying to think who all they've, uh, I'm bringing up the schedule here in front of me, but it's very slow loading for some reason. Um, so yeah, I can't even go through it, but Regardless, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, you know, they had the um, uh, the Patriots last week, um, the Panthers, the Giants, the Broncos, which they hung seventy on. Uh, Patriots twice actually um, did beat the oh. Chargers, um, yeah. but that was the beginning of the year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, you're looking at. The Patriots twice, the Broncos, when the Broncos were just, you know, just spinning their wheels, uh, lost to the Bills, uh, lost to the Eagles. Um, the Bills was, uh, was big uh, to the Bills and to the to Eagles the blowout and games. to the Eagles. Uh, they were in this game against the Chiefs. Um, I don't put much stock in these uh, games that are over no. overseas. I mean, it's just. That, I, I don't care, man. You can get there two weeks early and it's still just going to be awkward. So I, I just, I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. Um, but they were shut out in the first half. Um, right. You know, so. Yeah, they were getting destroyed in that game. And then, yeah, you know, it, it turned back, in the second so. half. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you see what they've done. And when they've been explosive, they've done it against bad teams. But I think, 100%. you know, part of that is we just weren't 
realistic in terms of looking at we're looking at how well they're playing but not necessarily looking at who the competition who is. they're playing and that's a, that's such an important thing because you mentioned you're talking about the ravens that they did it against the seahawks that they did it against the detroit lions you know like the quality of the opponent is really really high and the dolphins they're not winning games against any quality opponents teams with a winning record the dolphins don't have a win yet this year against teams with a winning record no and i mean but they're going to finish with probably 12 wins minimally. They got the Raiders yeah. next, the Jets, the Commanders, the Titans, back with the Jets, the Dolphins, uh, or I'm sorry, the Cowboys, uh, the Ravens, and the Bills. So their last three games are Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. Um, so, yeah, they're, <laughs> you're still probably looking at, yeah, probably 11 wins for that team. And, you know, probably looking at a two or a three seed at this point. So, yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, and, and can Mike McDaniel, can he like wear jogging pants that fit? Uh, I, I mean, oh, I, it just annoys me. I, 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 it's the little things that annoys me these days. I must just be getting older. I don't know. Like, dude, you're a grown man wearing tight jogging <laughs> pants and you have them pulled up past your like ankles. Like, yeah. why, why do you have to have a look? You're an NFL coach. Like, ah, whatever, man. It, it is what it is. But and then he's like running away from like the the cameras yeah. all the time. Like it's just weird. I mean, fine, he's a good story, but beat beat a winning you know beat a winning team, man. And then we'll talk. Yeah. That's that's first for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so I covered my first one, my first takeaway of uh, of this past week. My second takeaway is just how important an NFL coach is to the team for years. We gave so much credit to Bill Belichick and the success of the Patriots and everything else. And we talk about the good coaches in this league often, right? If you're a good coach, Andy Reid, uh, John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, these coaches, you know, they, they get a lot of credit for doing great things because they're fantastic coaches. But let's also give credit to what happens when you are a bad coach. And what a difference it can make. <laughs> When any team, and I really, I highly suggest this for any NFL organization, if you find yourself with a Josh McDaniels, get rid of him and watch how quickly your team gets better. You don't have to do anything where you don't have to draft better players. You don't have to run better schemes. If you find yourself with a Josh McDaniels, just let him go. And immediately that, that rising tide will lift all boats because it is amazing what a change it has been with the Raiders after just cutting the dead weight of Josh McDaniels. The players hated his guts, clearly was not scheming or coaching in a way that was going to be successful with the team or leading to success for the team. And I mean, it was like a sigh of relief from that entire organization when they got him out the door. And that is just incredible to me. You know, we give so much credit to good coaches and they deserve it. But man, you really see what a difference. And then what do they, what do they do, right? They, they, they bring in the interim head coach, if you will. And magically they turn around and they play this really good game and they, you know, they do all these things and you're going, wait a minute, where was this team? They beat the, now again, I know it's only the giants, right? To be clear, it's only the giants. This is not hard to do necessarily, but they beat them 30 to six. And, you know, Aiden O'Connell comes in, who we've been saying for quite a while, really should be the guy that you're going to there. 
And he comes in, he doesn't have, have a mind blowing game, but he played a solid game. And I mean, Antonio Pierce, former Giants player, Super Bowl winner, works his way up through the coaching ranks, finds himself sitting in this spot and goes in. Who knows what the future is going to hold? Pretty daggone impressive what happened with the Raiders in a really short period of time by just getting rid of Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I think we saw this last year with uh, the Colts when they fired uh, their coach and had Jeff yeah. Saturday come in. You know, <laughs> they won the first game. So, we'll, I, I, you know, again, it can't be understated that it was the Giants. And yeah. shame on Brian Dayball for putting Daniel Jones back out there. Clearly, that was way too early. Now he tears his ACL out for the year. Who knows if he's going to make it back? I mean, he's coming back. I mean, he's got $35 million on the books next year, regardless. He's coming back. But, I mean, what a disservice to to Jones. Um, Put him in that position. Um, For, you know, and you're you're not going to win anything this year anyways. Like, why not just make sure he's completely 100% healthy before you put him back out there? That was yeah. a non-contact injury, so clearly he wasn't right, um, yeah. you know, coming off of that injury. So just, yeah, it's just that's just awful um, for him. Uh, and, and you know, right, I guess rightfully so, he gets a lot of slack. But, I mean, <laughs> the dude's, you know, he's, he's put up just as best numbers that any other giant quarterback has, uh, <laughs> has put up since Eli. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like um, – you know, uh, you know, he can do a lot with his legs and name, name their number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, <laughs> it, it, come on. I mean, it would be Darren Waller, uh, but Darren Waller's out injured for at right. least four games. Again, right. he's always injured. I, you know, I hate that for him because he's an incredibly talented player. Yeah. Can't stay healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, you know, so, whole, you know, I, I would say uh, take it with a grain of salt, this win. Uh, if you're going to get right, this is, the, this is the team you get right with. But they were inspired, man. I mean, it, what do you think about them, like, smoking cigars and doing all this in the locker room? <laughs> like, they just made the playoffs. It's just so <laughs> weird to me. But, I mean, I guess it is what it is. I mean, do I don't think it'll be do. like that every week, I'm guessing. I'm guessing this is just, like, maybe – Antonio Pierce, the new coach, just kind of saying like, look, guys, things have sucked. I've seen it. I've been part of it. Like if we go out and get this win today, let's start now. You know, I'll hand out cigars to everybody. We can hang out and have a good time and celebrate a new start type of thing, you know? And yeah, it'll be real weird if they do it every week and I don't anticipate they will, but I do think part of that was just kind of exercising the demon of Josh McDaniels and getting him out of that building. And, uh, yeah, that's the only thing I can come up with. Because yeah, it was a little, it was a little much. But you know, they've suffered. Thought. They've suffered in that building with they Josh have, McDaniels yeah. there. Yeah, they have. <laughs> and so now you have Aiden O'Connell. They benched Jimmy Garoppolo, who they gave all that money to. You bring in the rookie and let him uh, let him play. Yeah, it's just I feel bad for Jimmy because I mean, Jimmy has won at every stop, but he's had great players around him at That's every it. stop. So, I mean, you know, that, that could be uh, a, an indictment on him, but a more of an indictment is on Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. And there's no chance this guy ever becomes a head coach ever again. Is there, I mean, I, I what would it take for anyone to hire him at this point as a head coach? It's unimaginable. It's unimaginable I, I because it's not only that it hasn't worked, it's that it hasn't worked and the way he's conducted himself and the way that people have 
reacted to him. Like everything is negative. Everything associated with Josh McDaniels is bad. And so I just think when you look at it from that perspective, it's not like, oh, he's this player's coach and he's beloved, but he just hasn't had the breakthrough yet. It just hasn't happened. No, that's not the situation. This is a situation where people can't stand this dude and he's failing. So it just, yeah, I think, I think it's a foregone conclusion. There's no more Josh McDaniels in the NFL. Is he even is he as, even as a head coach? Let me say that. Yeah, but is he even you know going to be a highly sought after offensive coordinator at this point? Yeah, is he going to go back to New England? Yeah, is, yeah, Belichick is going to hire him, yeah. and now he's just going to follow him around wherever he goes. <laughs> and there's some rumors that if uh, the Patriots lose this week, that uh, that possibly they could consider letting Belichick go. Did you see? Um, um, the when they went to um the hold on i got a cough here uh the the new england game and uh they were talking uh it was um robert Kraft and his son and just, so they flash him and, and they kind of broke it down like and and uh his son and his name slips my mind at this point um robert Kraft's son yeah um yeah so he was there and and he pretty much was just like mouthed we're not good enough and that was during (laughs) the game like you he leans over craft leans over says something and he's just like we're not good enough you know of course (laughs) i don't know how you figure that out you know week nine in the nfl that you're not good enough obviously but yeah uh a little bit of a little bit of indictment on uh on belichick so it's hard to argue he's gonna he would get picked back up i mean Oh, Again, we talk, 100%. you know, we talk about, you know, Steeler fans are, you know, over Mike Tomlin. A lot of them are. And and I can't remember who it was that brought it up, but it was like, look, teams would fire their head coaches to hire Mike Tomlin. Sure. There would be 20 teams lined up to sign Mike Tomlin the minute the Steelers let him go. And I'm pretty confident that there would be minimally 15, 15 teams that would be ready to sign Bill Belichick the moment, Absolutely. Uh, the moment he got let go. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And that's the thing is that, you know, I mean, these, sometimes you just have your run is over with the specific team. Like it doesn't necessarily mean you can't coach anymore. Right. Like sure. <clears throat> look at Andy Reid. Like, well, exactly. Right. So, so think about it. Like if Tomlin's time ran out with the Steelers, it doesn't mean Tomlin is no good at being a coach anymore. I mean, nobody thought Andy Reid couldn't coach anymore when his time ran out with the Eagles. It was just time for a change. And yeah. it doesn't mean you can't coach, but eventually, you know, some coaches, they either the magic wears off or, you know, the, the luster wears off. The team doesn't buy in as much, whatever the case may be. Sometimes it's ownership. You know, it could be any number of different things. And they can go on and find success success elsewhere. And Andy Reid's certainly a great example of it. And yeah, I mean, Mike Tomlin, look, you could even put Mike Tomlin in Green Bay and, you know, and, and they would make that move. And that's even, you know, with having had some amount of success uh, under LaFleur. But, you know, I just think that the floor hasn't shown anything there big picture at the moment that Aaron Rodgers left and, um, and any time that he's been injured basically. So, you know, I, I think there's lots of opportunity there, uh, but I didn't get to my third thing and we got to right. move along here. Cause we're already way over, way over time, but early running for game of the year, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
Houston Texans. And man, does it turn out that the CJ Stroud is looking Jeez. like the real deal. Houston wins this game 39-37. And look, Baker Mayfield has played way above expectations, I believe, since he's been in Tampa. He's, he's played awesome. Really good. Yeah, he's been, yeah. he's been doing a good job. He led this team on a drive late in the game that you thought for sure was the game-winning drive. He throws that touchdown with under a minute left in the game, and it was like, this is done, man. Like the, the, They managed to win. And then C.J. Stroud gets the ball back with, what was it, like 40-some seconds left 40 in the seconds. game? yep. And starts driving downfield. And then, you know, some some calls and stuff happen and whatever, but essentially drives that that team down the field, scores a touchdown, and they win 39-37. to 37, And they score the touchdown, I think, with like two seconds left. And it was phenomenal. And if you look at the stats, I mean, C.J. Stroud, again, uh, yet another game where we got to talk about this guy. 30 of 42, 470 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. Now, if you're the Bucs, you couldn't have asked for too much more than from Baker Mayfield than you got. 21 right. of 30, 265 yards, two touchdowns. But that is like nothing in comparison to what C.J. Stroud did. And so, I mean, look, if if you can imagine a draft going better and an offseason going better for a team than it did for Houston. I'd like to know how you brought in your new coach, D'Amico Ryans, who the expectations were high and he has exceeded them. Absolutely. Then you pulled off an incredible draft and draft moves and everything taking huge swings. And man, we're seeing players step up. I mean, it's not only CJ Stroud tank Dell's playing really well. I mean, they just have some good players on that team and and you know now with what they brought you know bringing in Devin Singletary and things like that they've just been doing some good things and so you got Dal Dalton Schultz there and I mean think about who's heard of Noah Brown but he goes for six catches 153 yards and a touchdown Dalton Schultz 10 catches 130 yards and a touchdown Tank Dell who I just mentioned six for 114 two TDs I mean it's uh they're gonna only get better they're only gonna get better I mean, in they, a weak division too. In a weak division, so and, and they really have a chance of of making the playoffs this year. I really believe that they yeah. really have a chance to to get in. Uh, they're setting it four and four right now. You're four and four, and you're only getting better. I mean, it's now they got they got a rough uh, you know rough schedule coming up. They got the Bengals this week. Uh, and they go to the Cardinals, but then they got the Jags. The Broncos are playing much better. Um, but then you know you got the Jets, the Jets Titans, and Titans, and then they got some winnable go, games there. Yeah, they I really think there's four do. more wins in their schedule at least. I, I, you know, they could probably get to nine and eight. Uh, you know, if everything falls right, and if they just keep building the way they they're they're building with this, who knows, man? I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. not out of the question that they could, um, you know, they could surprise Jacksonville and overtake them. I, I don't think they will this year, but. I, they could sneak into that seventh playoff spot. I mean, that's that's not without uh without question. Even if they don't, it's still a successful year. Domingo is gonna is the early running for coach of the year. Clearly, right now, uh CJ Stroud is the runaway rookie of the year. Not um, even close. I mean, is Carolina already regretting Bryce Young? We talked about it, man. Bryce Young is what, five nine? I mean, yeah. <laughs> 
and he just looks so tiny out there. And CJ Stroud just looks like he just has complete and total command of that Texans offense already. Yeah. So he's been impressive. He really has. I mean, it is, it is, uh, yeah, it's something to see. And you don't see it all that often that, I mean, you see young players come in and play well, that's not unusual, but to do what he's done at the hardest position in all of sports is, uh, is impressive. And, you know, when you look at um, Bryce Young, I mean, look, uh, let's face it, he's completing 64% of his passes. He's thrown eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, uh, you know, quarterback rating of 77. Uh, you know, just not not exactly what you're expecting with the number one overall right. pick. So, again, he'll get better, yeah. too. I mean, and, and the Panthers aren't a good team. They're not a talented team. So there's no, room for improvement. but you know what? They were, what, 7-9 and nine last year? So you right. thought bringing in someone like him would elevate them. I mean, that was yeah. their whole thing. I mean, they were running through quarterbacks left and right there last year. Still able to be 7-9. and nine. And they you brought know, an Adam thought, Thielen, and you, know, yeah, you just thought yeah, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you let DJ Moore go... You know, to I, I guess to you know to move up and and you know it, it's just one of those things. It's kind of like man, you hope to draft someone like DJ Moore, yeah. and you're getting a rookie, you know, quarterback. What more would you want than to give him, you know, a top fifteen receiver in the league? It just I you know just meanwhile you know you're looking at CJ Stroud, fourteen touchdowns, one pick quarterback rating of almost 103 uh 2200 yards uh almost 2300 yards i mean right now he's on pace for uh almost 5000 yards uh 30 touchdowns (laughs) yeah and and to me only it can only get better i mean once they figure out the you know get you know maybe get you know, maybe they're going to be trying to draft, you know, a high running back, you know, a running back or something, you know, to kind of tag along with him and maybe, you know, increase that receiving core a little bit. But man, Texans yeah. are in a great spot. You're right. Well, that's it for me. Those that's my my big three was essentially maybe the Dolphins aren't who we thought they were. The importance of a head coach in getting rid of Josh McDaniels and then early game of the year Bucks Texans and of course obviously along with that what CJ Stroud has done your big three AFC North uh, everybody is playoff worthy Uh, Josh Dobbs is a hero and what was your third one I don't remember (laughs) well there you go it was how great the Ravens are so uh... I don't I don't think it was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so your third one was how you love the Ravens. And uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> All right. So let's do this. Let's do some rapid fire here. Um, you know, looking ahead to this upcoming week, uh, we're not going to go through every game. We just don't have time to do it. So what games jump out at you as games that you'd be most interested in seeing? Do you have the schedule in front of you? Yeah. How about the Caleb Williams bowl Thursday night? Uh, the one and seven Panthers versus the two and seven bears. Now, of course, Caleb Williams isn't going to go to the Panthers, but the Panthers are going to be sitting pretty at that number one spot. Should they yeah. lose? Uh, that's going to be, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be definitely having a lot of teams wanting to, uh, uh, jump up. Although Caleb Williams is now a lot of, uh, question marks concerning this guy. 
Shine has come so, off a little bit. Ooh, it has more than come off. But I mean, I still <laughs> watching this guy play. I, I, I'm probably 100 percent wrong because I'm always 100 percent wrong. But man, he reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes and just the way he moves and the way he throws. Um, so w- we'll see. Uh, I just think you put him on a team, um, you know, professional team, you know, good line and everything. I, I think yeah. that guy. I think he'll shine, but. I mean, there's a lot of question marks with this guy because, you know, he's going around painting his fingernails black saying, you know, F this team and, you know, just just weird stuff. And then you see at the end of the game, he's like jumping up in the stands and crying. And crying, yeah. after like he LOL'd uh, someone talking about Max Duggan crying at the uh, end of the, <laughs> the, the, you know, the championship game. And, and it's just, you know, like I said, talking about wanting you know rumors part ownership of a team if he goes you know already a lot of stuff it's like mm, is this kind of gonna be worth the squeeze you know it's uh uh so we'll see but that's i, I mean how about amazon getting these games like they got to be like guys are you kidding me right now <laughs> i mean you think al michaels is unenthusiastic uh oh. on on his thursday night gigs these ta- these days <laughs> Imagine this one. I mean, oh, the stories yeah. he's going to have to pull out of the bag to make this thing Seriously. interesting. <laughs> so, unfair, man. Oh, so unfair. Uh, outside of that, um, man, it's, this is not the best week uh, for <laughs> no. games, really, is it? Uh, Browns, really. Ravens, There's a couple I'm curious about. Yeah, Browns Ravens should be good. Uh, two great defenses going up against each yeah. other. I don't think the Ravens will have any issues with the Browns. Uh, 49ers and Jaguars, uh, that, that, that could be a good game. Um, I mean, honestly, outside of that, I, I, I mean, no, I don't really see much else that's going to excite me or get me going. The only other one that I actually think could be interesting based on what we were just talking about is actually Texans Bengals. I don't think that the Texans quite have enough to pull this off, but boy, this is a perfect trap game. This is a perfect trap game for the Bengals. They will, if they overlook the Texans, they could get punched in the mouth early and have to come back from it. And it wouldn't surprise me to see it because the Texans right now are believing in themselves and they have sure. seen it come to fruition. So uh, that, that one is interesting. Now it's in Cincinnati. So, you know, that obviously doesn't help anything, but believe me, the Texans, this you really want to get a gauge of where you are as an organization, go into Cincinnati yeah. and beat the Bengals this weekend. That's going to wake yeah. a whole lot of people up. Oh, for sure. I, I just I think Cincinnati has just kind of figured it out at this point. So yeah. I don't think this will be close, but you're right. It, I mean, this is a good gauge for the Texans to see if they're ready to compete with the uh, with the big boys. How weird is this? Call Cincinnati the big boys, man. Jeez. I hate it. I hate it with a passion, but they're good, man. I can't say anything. I I mean, just can't say anything bad about them. They are good on all levels. Now, the question is for how much longer? Of course. You know, they haven't had to pay a lot of people yet. You know, the the rent is coming due in Cincinnati. And I don't think they're going to keep. Yeah, and I don't think there's a chance they're going to be able to keep all three of those receivers. I, someone's going to come in with a bigger offer. And I just don't think, I mean, you're not going to tag all those guys. You're going to keep chase. Uh, I, you know, I see Tyler Boyd probably going somewhere because he has the ability to be a number one receiver. So I, I'm guessing they're going to end up losing Tyler Boyd. Uh, and then who do you, you know, that's a big loss. So, I mean, yeah. and last T. Higgins, year, I mean, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, 
Right. Then last year they all three have like a thousand yards. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, you, that's not production you're going to get back. So it's just right. what you can do to build around it. Uh, of course, um, you know, Joe Mixon isn't getting any younger. So yeah, I, I, I think their window, I, I don't think their window is ever going to be closed with having someone like Joe Burrow, but you know, they're definitely going to have to retool and it's just whether or not they can retool as good as they already have it. So, well, I'll tell you, you know, so next season, uh, Joe Burrow's cap hit really isn't too bad. 29.7 million. But after that, it does start climbing. 46.2, 48.2, 52.2. There is a potential out in 2028 um, where, you know, because it's, it's a five-year deal that he has. And so they would have 15 million in dead cap if they got out of it at that point. If they didn't, then his cap hit in 2028 is 53.5. And then in 2029, it's 68.5. I, I, I just, the cap is just a, um, a figment of uh, everyone's <laughs> imagination. They're yeah. just, they'll extend them. Um, yeah. They'll restructure. So, I mean, yeah, that it's, it's not going to be an issue for them, but. But they still have next year before significant money yeah. goes to Joe Burrow. So oh, I definitely This year think, and next year. Yeah. And then after yeah, that, I, it goes to 46, 50, yeah. and it starts getting a lot for harder. For sure. For sure, and like I say, I mean, you, you've you, you've got great receivers, but they're all getting coming due. I mean, it's just it's great timing to have them for as long as you do. That's why you have to win this year, next yeah. year. But you know, you're not going to be able to keep all three of those guys. I, I no. can't imagine they're going to invest that kind of money in wide receivers. I, no, at one quarterback uh, making forty five million, and then you got your three receivers. You know, you know making. 80 million combined, you know, right, right. <laughs> so you're just, yeah, you're not going to do that and then be able yeah. to keep your offensive line and everything else. So um, it's just going to be how good their GM is at restructuring and, and going out and finding other players that can replace the production they're going to lose. So, yeah. Yeah. Burroughs contract had 146.5 million guaranteed uh, at signing. So, you know, I mean, they've, they've, they've put out plenty of money to the guy, almost 150 million fully guaranteed, but at the same time, you know, he's worth it. I mean, there's no doubt he's worth the money. Now yep. it's just, can you keep weapons around him? And that yep. is, look, that's hard to do, man. That, that's a lot why of teams you pay can't a GM what you pay a GM. Yeah, that's, that's right. why you have to, you know, that's that's their job is to keep your quarterback and, and then continue to put weapons around them at a cheaper yeah. rate. That's just the way it is in the NFL these days. So That's it. All right. So anyway, while we uh, start to, to move on, I have a couple other little things here that I thought were interesting. Um, so this is a stat. Let me bring this up here so you can get a feel because the NBA season obviously is up and running. And I thought this one was pretty interesting to see. This is the... 21st, in fact, I'll give you the full the full run. Every season by an NBA player in year 21 or later. Okay. <laughs> LeBron James is averaging almost 25 points. Nine. <laughs> I mean, look at the, the, the whole stat line. Obviously, I could just go through. I mean, 9.2 rebounds, 6.6 assists, one and a half steals, a block. Second place is Vince Carter. 7.4. Then Dirk Nowitzki, 7.3 points per game. LeBron is averaging almost 25 points per game. That's crazy. I mean, it is unbelievable. Considering that no one else in history in year 21 or, or higher has ever even hit double digits 
on a points per game average, and LeBron's averaging almost twenty five. That's insane. And when we're talking about the twice. history of the entire NBA, yeah, Vince Carter should be on twice. <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> Why? Why would that be? Well, you know what? He's he probably played long enough. I think he, yeah, I think he played 22 or 23 seasons. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, imagine that. And so you look at that and you go, like, okay, like the like what LeBron's doing is truly something. We haven't even seen half of a player do what he's doing. We have never even seen someone average 12 or 15 points a game in year no. 21 or later. He's averaging 25. No one's ever even done double digits. It's it's. <laughs> I, I mean, the, it, just the way he keeps himself uh, healthy sure. is 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 something to be amazed by. I really yeah. is, and I hate giving that guy any credit ever. <laughs> but it's hard not to. I, I feel like at, once these guys get older, and you know, like you hate them, you know. It, and let's be fair. I hate I hate LeBron because you know he he didn't come to Chicago when that whole. You right, know, big three stuff was going on. Um, would have been just an amazing fit there. Um, you know, with uh, with Dwayne Wade, you know, of course, the Bulls get Dwayne Wade like eight years after. <laughs> Such oh gosh, what a waste. Um, but you know, so there's a lot of you know, hatred towards that. Um, and of course, you know, the whole decision thing was just weird. You know, everything, everything he did was just me, 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 me. But I yeah. mean, you can't ever doubt. The guy loves the game of basketball, is really, really, really good at basketball, and <laughs> stays incredibly healthy. It's just, it's amazing, yeah, what he's doing. Now, there is some, um, you know, discussion that they were only going to play this guy maybe 30 minutes a game yeah. uh, for health reasons. Um, and then he comes out, and there's a rumor coming out that he wants to play four more years <sighs> to have the ability to play with maybe both of his sons. God. And it's, uh, it, you know, so it's kind of like, all right, you're paying this guy almost $50 million a year. He's saying that, hey, you know, I need load management here. I'm only going to play, you know, 30 minutes a game, but then comes back out and says, well, I want to play another four or five years. It's like, bro, I mean, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you're already not playing and now you want to play four or five more years. So, but, but hey, think about it. Go to think, we just talked about, right? Vince Carter. Vince Carter averaging 7.4 points per game, 3.2 points per game. Like, if LeBron wants to play four or five more years, is there any reason to believe that he couldn't and still be able to average 8 to 10 points a game? He doesn't need to be the LeBron that that plays and, and, and averages 25 to 30 points a game for another four more years. Like a lot of players... You know, you 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 hang on, you keep their career going. I'm not saying LeBron should or even would necessarily want that, but realistically, there's no doubt he could stay in the league and contribute significantly. And we're talking about significantly better than players that are half his age that are coming in. Think about on a, on an average NBA roster, the vast majority of players on a team are averaging 10 points per game or less. You have one to two players that are your star players. Everyone else is they're they're not major scorers. So LeBron could play, honestly, probably 10 more years and still be able to average three or more points a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, this is a guy yeah. that could play for however long he ever wanted to play, basically, because he takes such good care of himself that it's kind of like, you know, he could just keep hanging on and he'll, he'll stay. He won't be the centerpiece, obviously, but he'd be able to stay on a roster for, I think, quite a, quite a lot longer. It's, it's insane to think about. 
That's fine. Yeah, I could see that. I just, I, I, I mean, I would never want to pay the guy fifty million dollars a year no. to be doing no. that. So, no. and then it comes down to, all right, well, who's signing him? Who's playing him? How yeah. much do you want? Like, yeah, sure, he's still a draw, but if he's playing, you know, twenty minutes a game, uh, so we'll say. Yeah. I, I don't know. You don't want him taking up a ton of cap space playing twenty minutes a game. You don't want to pay him fifty million dollars a year to take to play thirty minutes a game. Right. <laughs> you know, you want that guy out there, as, yeah. you know, as much as as possible. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's impressive. So. Well, and I'll tell you another NBA thing I just saw uh, the other day. Uh, Denver Nuggets star Nikola Jokic actually passed LeBron James for career triple doubles already. He had 108 triple doubles. LeBron has 107. I mean, Jokic is something that is just on a completely different level than what we've seen. Because this is a guy who, if you walked by him in the mall, if people went to a mall anymore... Uh, <laughs> Other than being tall, you'd have no way of guessing he's a professional athlete. And and yet what he's able to do is unbelievable. And he, I mean, just as pure talent, Jokic might be the most purely talented player out there. Other okay, Wemby now, Victor Wembanyama is certainly one of those guys as well, just a complete freak. But I mean, Jokic just as a well-rounded, incredible player, it's very hard to to beat him right now. Someone said uh today, um, the guy couldn't jump up onto a sidewalk, but can walk <laughs> around average in a triple double. I mean, yeah. it's just it's amazing what he can do. Incredible and, shooter for that know, size. Yeah, it, it should have been MVP last year. Uh, it's just you know, you know, I call that the Jordan effect where you just don't want to keep giving yeah. the MVP to the same guy. But yeah, absolutely. So what's he do? He goes out, and wins a championship, and wins uh, Finals MVP. So that's it. That's it. That's all you can do, I guess. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're going to get ready to wrap it up. I've got one more thing to touch on before I do. Do you have anything that uh, you wanted to hit on? Anything that I forgot before we wrap this up? Well, let's talk about uh, quickly. Um, it, it, I want to spend two seconds on it. Um, Mr. Uh, Martavis Bryant, former Steeler, mm-hmm. yes. signed uh, today with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Um gets banned essentially from the league because of substance abuse. And we all know what that substance of choice was. Um, good to see. Uh, I mean, the dude, <laughs> the dude's a freak. Dude was a phenomenal player. Could have been a, he could have been an all pro really. I mean, I, I had that much faith in the guy. Um, you know, it was just their, their weak policies on, you know, on recreational use drugs which again, you know, you knew it. It's not like it was a surprise. Uh, so it was kind of silly that that that's what he was uh, doing. So I mean, it's like, all right, it, it was banned. Yes, it's stupid, but everybody else can follow the rules. You probably should follow the rules too. So I'll be curious to see what he does. Uh, how many, you know, how many weeks it takes to get him back? Um, and then uh, one, Mister Blake Martinez. Uh, yes. Maybe a lot of people don't know, but um, was a. a, a really good linebacker um, for a long time. I mean, racked up a ton, you know, he was a tackling machine, uh, quits football to sell Pokemon cards, um, brings in, you know, almost $8 million of revenue and then gets busted uh, essentially for scamming people out of, uh, out of Pokemon of all things, Pokemon cards. 
think you're scamming people with uh with pokemon cards gets kicked off of uh i believe it was whatnot he was selling most of his stuff on um gets banned from there uh and now i guess really needed the money so now he uh just signs um uh decides to unretire and uh is uh, now back in the nfl so I guess uh, <laughs> well, I joins the Carolina I mean, Panthers. This was a Pro Bowl no, quality it player. Yeah, it's just now he's been out of the league for a while, so I don't know how long it's going to take to be able to kind of come back in and be an impact player. But, yeah, it is a weird story. I mean, this is a guy who yeah. retired super young, and yeah. it came out like he had been involved in Pokemon during his playing career and everything and had been incredibly successful, making yeah. so much money that he just didn't need to play anymore. Right. And then started a business. We talked about it on the show. We had a whole segment on this show uh, when it all happened that he, before he got busted for scamming, we did a segment on the fact that he had retired and started a business and was making you know tens of millions of dollars a year from selling these Pokemon cards and yep. everything. Well, a little more to the story. Then it turns out he's actually scamming people and Which is getting insane. busted, and it's just like, like yeah. the whole thing. Like, how would you not think yeah. the spotlight was going to be on you? Your former NFL player yeah. selling cards. Your national news. I mean, this was picked up by every news station, yep. you know, was on, you know, articles left and right about this. And then you're like, oh, like you think he's a pretty good guy. And it really just turns out maybe he's not so good. So <laughs> now he's with the Carolina Panthers. We'll see what again, what he does uh, after being out of the league. I want to say he hasn't played since 2020. It's been that long. Wow. Uh, I thought it was two years he'd been out, but it might have been. No, I'm sorry. So he did, uh, I guess maybe he played. Year before last. Yeah, right? year before. Maybe uh, beginning. Some, I, I, he played in 2022, I guess. So I guess it's only been a year and a half, two years, I yeah. guess. So, But yeah, still. Long we'll time see. to be out. Long yeah, time to be out of the league. Definitely, 100%. So, but yeah, I mean, just, just scumbag moves, scamming people out of, of all things, Pokemon cards. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, real money there. I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right. So the last thing I have here, I'm going to go ahead and uh, share my screen. We'll talk about this briefly to close out the show. Looking ahead to the future will, of course, be the Super Bowl. And this is how things have changed for the cost of a 30-second Super Bowl ad over time. In 1967, the cost of a 30-second Super Bowl ad was $42,500. By 1970, it had jumped to $78,000. And then from there, we go in five-year increments. 75, it was 107,000. 1980, 222,000. So more than doubled in five years. More than doubles again from 80 to 85 to 525,000. Then slows down a little bit from 85 to 90 to 700,000. 1995, almost doubles, 1.2 million. And now look, I mean, almost the Super Bowl has almost doubled every five years in the amount of money. Now, it has slowed down in, in recent years, some just from doubling, uh, if you really look at, say, from the year 2000 on. But still, in 2024, the cost of a 30-second Super Bowl ad is $7 million. And CBS has already said that they're virtually sold out for this year's Super Bowl. That would be $500 million in ad revenue for the Super Bowl. Dang. I mean, is that crazy or what? That is A 30-second Super Bowl ad. 
And honestly, we, people have been saying for like the last five years or more that the ads aren't even very good most of the time. Like, like you right. rarely hear any of them ever even getting any traction or being talked about very much. There used to be some really good ones. Now you rarely see memorable Super Bowl commercials. But $7 million for 30 seconds. I mean... It's unbelievable the way that that that, that yeah, has some worked. of these companies will put three, four, five, five of them on, you know, like that, yeah. that's got to be a decent part of their budget goes to Super yeah. Bowl. I mean, you know, you get, you know, worldwide, I don't know, what is it? Three, four hundred million people worldwide probably has their eyes on the uh, on the game. So, I mean, you know, it's a wide audience, obviously, that you're hitting. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know. Where's the value? Like, I'd love to know, and I'm sure companies have done these studies. I, you know, like, what is the real value associated? Like, if you come out with that commercial, if you put your whole marketing budget into that, what are you actually getting out of it? And I would be very curious to know. Yeah, I just wonder uh, if know, it's because... just a name recognition thing, if it's just like, you know, because some of them like car commercials, like, okay, well, we've seen these same car commercials, you know, we've seen you know, Volkswagen or BMW or something, you know, advertising yeah. all year long. You right. know? So it's like <laughs> nothing special. So I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's, I guess it's just more eyes and ability to put your name out there and Hey, you're on a Super Bowl ad. Do you remember, gosh, how many, it's been a long time ago um, where they were running a, like a campaign for like a small business. And I think it was like one of those, uh, I don't think it was beyond meat. I think it was like morning farms or something One And they uh, managed to get a, a 30 second commercial. Like they didn't have to pay for it as part of like an advertising thing. So I think they were like one of those that do like the bean burgers or something like that. Right, and right. their like sales shot up like three or 400% after they got their commercial on there. So like, yeah, I can see that, but it's like, you know, Doritos comes out with a funny commercial. Well, yeah. Like, did Dorito sales spike, you know, right. after this ad, like people are like, people just remembered that Doritos exists. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that, huh. I get that. <laughs> this comical ad made me uh, want to go out and buy some Doritos. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. There's gotta be yeah. some logic behind it. Cause they're already sold out. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> Clearly say, uh, last year's Super Bowl, 115 million people watched last year's Super Bowl. So just from well, that's the perspective just in the of, United States, right? That's not is that that is that just just in the U.S. or is that worldwide? I don't see they they're really vague about it uh, because they just say the total viewership. I'm assuming that's worldwide, uh, okay. but they say well they say total viewing audience globally is maybe 200 million. Okay. Uh, with the vast majority just, of that being in the U.S., so 115 TVs, or so in the right? U.S. I mean, that's just TVs that are on, and no one's ever. I mean, you know, besides maybe you know, I would say 10 percent of those people are watching it by themselves. There's usually right. 15, 20 people watching the game on one set. So yeah, yeah. but yeah. All right. But yeah, so you look at that and you say, okay, you're in front of 200 million people. But really, I mean, unless you have a global company, you only care about the ones in the U.S. anyway, if you're a U.S. business, 115 million people. So you get in, in front of 115 million people all at once. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing because, you know, but it, it, it comes at a pretty cost. So you've got to really have a compelling uh, message there to make it make sense. Remember the other, what was it last year? Um was it crypto.com that just put the QR code up? 
Oh yeah. No sound, no nothing. And look, that was smart. I mean, it cost you nothing to produce the the ad, but it got a tremendous amount of attention and people scanning and going to the site and everything. So something like that could definitely have spiked and made them some money. So you know, Did, it kind of uh, makes sense. Um, was it was that Super Bowl uh, where FTX was uh, had commercials <laughs> with Larry David? Yeah, Wasn't... it might be the same one. I don't remember if it was the same. I think it might. It probably was, though. Yeah, that worked out well for them. Yeah. <laughs> glad, glad he got paid while he could. Yeah. Of course, he was, his commercial was, uh, yeah, nah, this is this is a dumb idea. Right, exactly. Turns out Larry David was correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Larry David uh, doubting FTX was, uh, was yeah, very fortuitous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I think that's everything for us tonight. We're going to go ahead and wrap this sucker up. Uh, again, as we said at the top of the show, however you found us, whatever you're up to, we appreciate uh, you making us part of your day and we will continue to try to keep you entertained. So uh, with that having uh, been said, check us out on social media, all of the handles, check out YouTube, check out all the podcast platforms, lots of different stuff happening, man. Check us out. Tons of content all the time. So uh, anyway, That's it. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk soon. Good night.